Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Tamara Andress. Tamara is on the show today talking about dreaming with God. We chat about her story of entrepreneurship and her epiphany moment to make a change to stop pursuing the American dream and pursue what the Lord had for her instead. Join us to discover how to be ready to answer the call fully well and truly whole so that others may encounter God through you. It's time to activate that dream and make the kingdom impact you were created for. Hello, Tamara. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, hey. I'm so excited too. Thanks for having me. So you call yourself a passionista, a motivator, a coach, and an illuminator for women who are looking to grasp hold of the dreams and visions that have been gifted by their heavenly father. So I can't wait to get to all that, but let's start at the beginning of your story as an entrepreneur. So after graduating with a business degree, what did you pour your entrepreneurial spirit into? Yes. So it's so funny to hear other people unpack the things that you call yourself because it always sounds <laughs> right. funny when it comes out of somebody else's mouth. I'm like, am I those things? And like imposter syndrome sets in like crazy, like, hold on, I have to show up for this really well right now. So <laughs> right. Uh, it's so funny, but I uh, loved actually that my entire entrepreneurial spirit was cultivated in college. Really? I was not one of those kids who, I mean, I did sell like bracelets and stuff on the street corner and lemonade stands for sure. <laughs> that I would make when I was young, but yeah. I really found my thrive and my corner in, in business when I was going through um, testing because I was one of those kiddos who jumped into college having no idea what I was supposed to do with my the rest of my life, which I think is totally okay and normal, but that you made feel like it's wrong that you don't know why you're going to school when you're 17 years old. Now I'm very grace given in the fact of saying, you know, it really doesn't matter. It's going to happen. It's going to evolve. God will show you the way. And he sure did when I was a freshman and I went through a bunch of testing for, with my counselor to try and understand what am I supposed to do with my life? And uh, in all of the tests that they did, they did like personality tests and um, interest tests and life values and core values and all that. And all of them in the top three said management. So when I went into my business management degree, I had utmost confidence that one of the five of these tests was going to come through and it was going to be true. And um, my junior and senior year, I had the opportunity at James Madison University to uh, cultivate a business plan alongside six other students, which that in and of itself was a challenge. If they got a D, I got a D. If they got an A, I got an A. So of course, we were all collectively working towards that A and um, we devised a business plan all around what was called modern maternity. And it was a baby oriented, mommy oriented business. And yes, we had three guys on our team that got to unpack diapers and stuff. <laughs> it was probably their own natural birth control. Um, and when I got um, out of school, I knew in my heart of hearts, one, that I didn't want to work for other people. Um, and two, that this thing that we had cultivated alongside one another was actually implanted with an idea from my mom. And I just came to her and was like, mom, like, I really feel like we could do this. We won a business plan competition um, for our university, made it to the top five. And 
the investors were like, you guys aren't number one, but this idea is awesome. Somebody should run with it. And that little token, that little seed really implanted into me. And I was like, wave my hand first. And I was like, I want to do this. Meanwhile, you know, the guys were like, yes, take it. It's all yours. <laughs> and, and the other girls were like financial and accounting driven. And so babies and, and boutiques were not their shtick. So I went out like full force, never even went to a job fair. And my mom and I started diving into all of the different sections of the business because we knew, especially in 2008, with everything that happened in the market, I wasn't going to be able to get any sort of loan. No lending was happening. I didn't want to go into debt and do credit cards. So um, we just started establishing all these small businesses. I started really diving into um, personal training and nutrition and how all of that would eventually implement into the boutique that we opened about five years later. So lots of things, but that's really the story behind it all. And it's just been really cool to see upwards. I was counting the other day about 12 businesses between MLMs that I said yes to and my own little side hustles that I established for either summer um, workshops or uh, personal training. We did one called Beauty in the Beach and we live at the ocean. And so all of the girls would come down to the ocean front and we would work out. I did didn't have money to pay for a gym facility, but we had all of the equipment and we were right there in the sand. So it's mm. funny to think back to. Yeah. Oh, that sounds, I want to, I want to be there. Yes. But you know, as you're talking, so my um, dad, he started a business when I was one. And so I've kind of grown up with that entrepreneurial spirit as well. Cool. And then I was also a business management um Hey, major. Look I know, I know. And I'm thinking back to like our business plan. I think we had, ours did not win. Um, <laughs> <I think ours laughs> That's okay. Like okay. a houseboat cleaning business because we hey, live cool. on a lake. Yeah. Trying to get the houseboats ready for people when they're coming to visit for the weekends. But That's um, really anyways, cool. So I, I was resonated with just, a lot of what you were saying. I was just in a conversation with my client prior to this and she's all into Airbnbs and houseboats are absolutely one of them, but like the staging and design of them. So there's mm -hmm. still some goodness in that business plan. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. God always has a plan, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, so tell us about after you became a mother and, and how did your entrepreneurial spirit kind of change? Like, what are you spending your time doing now that you're a mother? Yeah, that was a big shift. So I actually opened the business that was that business plan when I was seven months pregnant with my son, who is now seven. And um, it was quite the experience. Not only was I on hardwood floors, like all day long and no supportive shoes, because that just wasn't stylish <laughs> in your mid twenties, of course. Mm -hmm. um, it became a place where I knew I was going to nurture my little ones in this like little maternity boutique right? I'm here selling pregnancy, selling the concept of all of these little um, doodads that you use, everything from teething rings to nursing pumps. And I really imagined myself taking my kiddos to work with me and having this whole back office where they could be in their um, playroom and, and all of that. And it was a great idea, but none of it worked. So thank God my mom, in who was also my business partner at the time, mind you, also ran a full-time pre 
preschool and daycare out of her home. So that was where my entrepreneurial spirit was birthed from really from her and her showcasing that since I was an infant. So she had my kiddos for a while and I was 90% essentially showing up to the store and then coming to get them. And then um, I had another one, obviously you kind of caught on to that. I had a little girl 16 months later and that was also intended. Everyone's like, why would you do that? I don't recommend it. Okay. But nobody told me that it wasn't a good idea when we decided to get pregnant. And so at that point, um, I also had the opportunity based on a, such a whim, uh, two guys of all things in the maternity sector walked into the boutique um, about three years, three years into the business and uh, had this idea, this business that was actually flourishing in Australia. It was a nursing bra company and they needed to see how it could take root in the United States. And as a guys, they clearly didn't have much know-how around a business. So I actually took on the job of, um, designing a nursing brawl uh, based on what they had already cultivated and redesigning it for American market and then ended up taking on the CEO role of that business as well. Mind you, I had two babies under the age of uh, two at the time. It was absolute chaos. And um, I knew in my heart of hearts, the moment that I pulled into my driveway and my little one who started walking when she was nine months old, waddled away from me and towards my husband who had also just gotten home. And there was just this like deep knowing in that moment, I'll never forget it, that I was like, this is not what I want. This is not, I'm not fulfilled. So much of my life had been chasing achievement and perfectionism and money. And I was totally burnt out and my burnouts wasn't just like exhaustion or my child walking away from me, but utilizing coping mechanisms that was suppressing the overwhelm. I was working like 60, 70 hour weeks. Um, and though I was with my kids a lot, because a lot of it at the time was at home through the computer and stuff, I just... I was so unhealthy, mind, body, soul, spirit, all the things. I was not rooted in my faith at all at this point. And so becoming a mom was truly the the saying yes to them is where God got a hold of me and was like, hello, like this is your first ministry. This is where you need to be rooted and spending your time and investing. I mean, if I'm called to make disciples and I'm not even able to disciple my children, what does that say? And so realizing that this switch and this um, turn in perspective was very, very difficult. Um, I quit what you would say was the American dream, right? I had the white picket fence, the two cars, the boy first, the girl second. My husband was hot. Um, we got a lot of the like, you look like Barbie and Ken. It was just, it was so cookie cutter. And I thought that was what I was aiming to achieve. And when I had it, I realized I'm completely lost and completely void of joy, abundance, fruit, any of the things that I now understand as the premise and foundation for the ground that I stand on right now. 
Mm, gosh, everything that you're saying, I'm sure. I mean, I resonate with it, and I'm mm. sure many of the listeners will too, because we we want this American dream, yeah. but then yeah. we we think we get it, we get it, and then you're like, wait a minute, this mm-hmm. is not all it was cracked up to be. So I'd I'd love to kind of talk about dreams for a moment. I think some of us know what our dreams are, and then there's other of us that that honestly don't know yeah. um, what we dream about. So. How have you best discovered, um, I guess, the best way to clarify our dreams? That's a great question. And I think something that as women, we often, even through motherhood, will put aside, right? Because we're trying to cultivate the dreams of our little ones and bring those things to life where you can lose your identity in that so much. And I think God intentionally wants us to dream alongside our children, to be in that cultivation process as an example and a stewarding of our dreams. And so if people feel lost in that, the clarity really comes in going back to that childlike state, going back to who were you when you were little? What did you dream about? What were your passions? What hobbies did you take on? And what have you let go of in the process of essentially, again, following in that American dream footstep of working that nine to five or having that salary position or um, not to say that those things aren't good, but oftentimes you get on a rat wheel, you get on like, this is the only direction. And at the same time, you let go of those dreams because you're so honed in on the responsibility and the expectation of that responsibility. And so really just clarifying that little one inside of you that, and knowing, I guess the biggest thing for me is I am a huge dreamer. I am a huge visionary. And when I sit down with a new client and coaching them and just kind of unpacking that is realizing that your dreams are not like single-minded. They're not single-tracked. Everything about who you are, everything about the who that God has created you to be in that unique imprint, that unique thumbprint that he made you with is all of those things. And so what can you do within your dreaming that in kind of pulls on all of the heartstrings at one time? So for me, like motherhood is a part of who I am. Being a wife is a part of who I am. Uh, Being a, a daughter of the King Most High is a part of who I am. But then I have passions like health and wellness and fitness and, um, you know, food and travel. And how can you bring all of those things into one? Like, I really believe that's where we uh, operate at our fullest potential and exactly who God intended for us to be by putting all of those things together and not living a segmented life. Mm. Oh gosh, I think I need to, I need, I need to schedule an appointment with you. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> well, so what about for those women listening who have been maybe sitting on a dream that God gave them a long time ago? What, what role does obedience play in this scenario? Do you think? Mm. Honestly, I think even above obedience, the word submission always comes into play mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we can activate a dream and I am always encouraging people to do this. Like, l- l- here's your idea. Here's your dream. What's the activating factor? What's the first step to get into that place? And again, obedience is in that. But until you can get to the place where you're releasing 
that dream and you're submitting the very things that God has implanted in your heart, within your path, within the blessings that you've been um, given thus far, giving it back to him first is honestly your first step of obedience to say, God, I thank you for the immense dreams that you've laid before me. I thank you for the knockout moments where I've had vision just revealed to me of speaking on stages or traveling around the world and doing your ministry and doing your work alongside other believers and my kids and my family. But I cannot make any of this happen in my own will in my own strength. And I need you in this process. And so that's honestly the first step and the most important step that should go along every other step that you take thereafter. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's really, really good advice. You know, I think let's talk excuses for mm -hmm. a little bit because we all have a lot of excuses not to start something. So yeah. what are some of the most common excuses that you hear from women and how do you or how do we, I guess, combat those excuses? Yeah, definitely a we thing. As I said, just at the very beginning, I had that right. imposter syndrome com moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much there. Time, I think immediately of resources, right? The, the most common are time, energy, and money. And, you know, guys, our God is an abundant God. He can duplicate time unlike anyone. I mean, made the heavens and the earth and the world and everything that we do and live and breathe in seven days. Okay. So time is not a, a critical factor to put in front of your face as I can't, because we can multiply that and he will. Uh, energy is another huge thing. And my belief system around that is when you are aligned with the father, and this is all things, mind, body, and spirit, because our physicality and the vessel that we operate within is everything. Are you fueling yourself right? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you drinking plenty of water? Are you abiding within the living water, which is that spiritual side? And are you harvesting your mind the way that it should be in order for you to really flourish? Energy, when you're tapped into that alignment, is is. Oh my gosh, it's abundant in the way that you can imagine. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly on a sugar rush and I am on a sugar fast right now. So for me <laughs> to say that says a lot, like he just, he amplifies everything that you, you want and dream when you are in, in his knowing and in his, his arm and his wingspan, if you will. And then the last one is the money and I get that. I get that mentality of being like, I don't even have two pennies to pinch together and I'm supposed to make this grandiose dream or I want to make this grandiose dream come to life. What can I do? How can I do that? And this is where nowadays there are so many ways that you can start things without having to put a huge seed into you don't have to start a boutique and open and have a huge overhead in order to launch into like a storefront even because now everything is virtual. Thank God for COVID in that regard, yeah. right? right? So like realizing that resources again come from the father as you stand in that submission and you stand in that obedience i can assure you he's going to show up with money even that because he is a wealth generating god that that's going to show up too but you don't have to have a huge bank account to make your dreams come true well so how about fear mm. i mean i think fear plays a major role yeah. in our limiting mindsets so would you share, how have you learned to rise up confidently? Yeah, I think fear is 
like, what is that? Right. Like fear of what is it? <laughs> right. I think yeah. ultimately it's fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And I definitely sat in that when I was running two businesses and had that American dream, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to fall flat on my face. And I knew it was coming. I absolutely knew it was coming. And yet I was afraid, what are other people going to think? And at the end of the day, like there's that comparison factor alongside fear of failure. Who cares what they think? Like, honestly, I mean, even from a social media standpoint, if you're somebody who has a social media presence at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm in this middle of this fast, so I can really speak to it right now. No one knows that I'm not there. Right. And, and even my closest friends and the people who really love me, like they don't care if I fail, they care if I'm alive, they care if I'm well And I wasn't in that time. So I would rather fall and reestablish within his knowing and within that submission than than fall and be completely isolated in that. So failure is just, it's a figment of your imagination because he's not going to let you fall alone. And therefore, you're only failing forward every single time. It's a learning opportunity to become the better sense of you, to become the bigger version of what he had planned for your life anyway. So those failure moments for me, yeah, it was not fun. There was a lot of like not pretty crying that took place and a lot of um, moments of I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in my life, even though I had these two babies to raise. Uh, And I felt like that wasn't enough because I was juggling so many things before. Like, imagine I had in the air, 10 of them fall to the ground and I only have five. And I'm like, I can't juggle. And everyone's like, what do you mean? You just were juggling 15 things. Why can you not juggle five? I just didn't know what that felt like. And so getting into a rhythm of simplicity and minimizing and realizing that, having 300 friends in my phone book to call on a given basis was actually like more depleting and less fulfilling than having five. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, even where motherhood came into play for me is, is when I became a mom, like those first few months feeling completely isolated in that motherhood journey, because I was one of the first within my friend group to have kids and I lost all sense of social interaction So I just poured myself into work and, um, and it was in hindsight, like just sad because that's just what we were taught. And I was just in the elevator this morning. This is such a God moment right here. Uh, and the woman was in her, in her fifties, she has grown, grown kiddos in her, in their young twenties. And she said, you know, I filled every given moment. She's had a couple cuss words in the middle of it, so we won't go there. But she said, I filled every given moment with something to keep my kids occupied when I was little, when they were little. Mm -hmm. And I regret it so much. And if COVID does nothing else for the world and for the mothers of this generation, I hope it would just make them realize that they're enough doing what they're doing when they're at their house with their kids when they're enough just homeschooling, they're enough, you know, doing the work from home mom situation, they're enough just dreaming alongside their kids. And it doesn't have to be that they're cultivating an American dream, they're cultivating their nest dream, those babies are going to like live off of this foundation. And it's a matter of if we are going to do so freely, or if we're going to confine ourselves to 
what somebody else has deemed as successful or right. It's really like, again, right back to submission, like God has us in this place for such a time of this, and we just have to release the control. And that's ultimately my biggest, probably biggest enemy and biggest failure point is just the need for control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you You just mentioned that God has us placed each of us where we are for such a time as this. And in fact, you say that the kingdom needs you today. And in fact, it needed you yesterday. It's time to Mm -hmm. make your impact. I think that Mm -hmm. I love that. So would you speak about this impact for a moment and and the ripple effect of it? Yeah. A ripple effect is like everything to me. It's like I have a group coaching program called Core Creatives and the C in it is actually like a labyrinth and a ripple all in one thing. And my intent for that is like realizing that we have this huge responsibility in discipleship and this huge responsibility in serving the world with the name of Jesus. And we can do that by linking arms with others and their, you know, passion points and their dreams are really connected to ours. And so here I am having this huge desire to make an impact in the world and knowing that I cannot do that in my own right and in my own will and in my own strength. And so linking arms with the other women in their specific realms of desire and passion and hobby and influence then makes us this massive rock versus these tiny little pebbles and tiny pebbles can do a lot. So don't get me wrong. If you feel like you're a tiny pebble, you are amazing. But think about of what that would do if you were splashing with an entire force, an entire group of people. Um, And so realizing that that's really the call of the church and yet at the same time, the church in a single minded perspective people deem as this like location, right? These four walls, but really the ripple effect doesn't happen with four walls. The four walls are stagnant. They stand in the ground on a foundation. What matters is the ripple effect of the people that are now being activated within their dream to propel kingdom impact, which is God in this massive ripple effect. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, and something else I love that you say is that we are all purposed and planned and what feels like yours is actually his. Mm. So sitting on it is a disservice to those he wants you to love, serve and grow. So I'd Mm -hmm. love for you to expand on this thought. So this is a perfect little example that came into my repertoire last week, and I I didn't really realize it until I was going through this Bible study right now called Seamless by Angie Angie Smith. You have to put it in the show notes. Oh, it's so good. good. It's so good. She's comical, and it just it really is a beautiful story of understanding the story, essentially uh, seamless from Genesis to Revelations. But um, this concept of realizing that you are purposed and planned, and it's a disservice to not activate. And so what I mean by that is never intentional of, of placing shame or guilt on someone, but making them realize the, the very important uh, puzzle piece that they are. And so if you see a big puzzle on a table and you're taking that puzzle piece and you're putting it into the middle of this puzzle and there's nothing around it, it's just the floating piece it doesn't really have purpose and it doesn't have clarity and it doesn't have um, intent until other pieces start linking with it. And then you start to see the picture of what the intentional puzzle was supposed to make. And so with that, realizing that your lack of activating is actually blocking somebody else's blessing. 
And so if you are the puzzle piece lingering and you're there, you're in place, you feel positioned, you're like, I am activating in my calling, but why is nothing happening? Why do I feel stagnant? Why is it are, is nothing growing? I don't see the fruit. I'm just spinning my wheels. Sometimes, most times, let's put that, let's revert back. It is most times that it is somebody else's play in that person's life that is going to help propel them forward. And so that puzzle piece, those two linking arms, you're actually without activating, you're limiting that person from activating. So I had a girl through a podcast recently, another podcast, um, she wanted to start her own and she felt like, you know, all these, those circle effects like we were talking about what are the excuses so she had all these excuses of why she shouldn't do this podcast even though she knew god was calling her to do it in multitude of ways he had spoken this to her and people had even spoken it over her and so she wasn't doing it wasn't doing it wasn't doing it finally when she decided to activate within her calling to be that intentional puzzle piece where it's supposed to be she launches her podcast and the very first podcast touches someone that she didn't even know would ever listen to it and they immediately get on the phone with her after dming back and forth and they're just bawling and realizing that the exact message that she was waiting to share that she ended up sharing was what this person needed to be free. Mm. And so imagine if that's you. Imagine if the one thing God is calling you to do and you're saying not right now because of excuses, because of failure, because of fear, because of all of the things that we've unpacked today, it's not because of you. And so when I say before, like, who really cares? God cares. Yeah. But that, because he cares because he needs you to be there in support of the next disciple. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility. And so when we can look at it from that, it allows us not only an endurance factor of saying, I can keep going even on my hardest day because I know I'm gonna unlock a blessing for someone else and realizing that God's gonna propel me in that strength anyway, you just realize that days when you're exhausted or days when you're overwhelmed or days when those fear tactics set in and the enemy's trying to come at you from every angle, you can truly say and stand on what it means when you say, not today, Satan, because it's not for you. It's for everyone else around you. I love that perspective. That is so, so good. Well, mm -hmm. I, and I'd love to talk about self-doubt because yeah. I keep going back to these excuses, I guess, because I have a lot of them. But what yeah. about those of us who doubt our gifts? How, how do we overcome that? You know, I think people need to understand, like, the power behind that word gift and of course, there's like the fivefold ministry and there's um, gifts and spiritual gifts that you can have. But isn't every single thing that we're capable of doing as a human being created by the Lord Most High, by the creator of all creation, isn't everything we do a gift? I mean, it, the fact that I can even speak right now is a gift. Mm -hmm. The fact that I can utilize my eyes to see is a gift. The fact that I can pick things up or, or impart my heart or dance or, I mean, anything that you can do is a gift. And so if you're doubting yourself, you're now doubting the creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so taking that weight off of the, your ability 
and putting the confidence in the one who is able of all things, more than capable, more than like just everything. I mean, everything that we do, I'm looking at soundproof walls right now. And I'm thinking it is, they're cut into shapes of domes. And I'm like, somebody had to think of this. Somebody had to shape these, design these color, all this stuff. Somebody had to put them on the wall right now. And all of those people could have felt completely less than in what they were doing, but this is their ripple effect because now they're creating a soundproof room for voices to be amplified across the world to nations that they never knew they'd touch. Mm -hmm. If we could see ourselves in these small foam blocks and realized how purposed we are, we would let go of all of those things that keep us suppressed and keep us voiceless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so before we can pour out our gifts, because we all do have them, as you just talked about, yes. you believe that we must self-reflect and build our minds, bodies, and souls to be ready mm -hmm. to answer the call fully well and truly whole so that others may encounter him through us. So what does this look like, practically speaking? Yeah. So I kind of touched on it before is like realizing that there is such value in your mind, your body, and your soul and your spirit playing a role in that as well. I, I gave some practical tips around the body. Like, how are you fueling yourself? Are you drinking the water? Are you getting the sleep? Are you actually resourcing the muscles and all of those gifts that I just told you, your eyes, your ears, all of that, which then really plays a role in the mind. And so for me, practical ways sometimes sound very quote unquote religious because it was what I needed in my life. And I never want to condemn somebody else for areas of conviction that God might not convict them for. But for me, I had to stop listening to all secular music. I, um, that was a, almost four and a half years ago. Um, I have stopped over a year and a half drinking all alcohol. Um, I stopped watching all like secular TV shows. I don't Netflix at all anymore. Um, binge watching things like that. Just, it, it was something that I was using. And I mentioned this before as a coping mechanism to live an ulterior world and an ulterior mind state that was not serving me. Um, and so really realizing that your five senses need to be protected at all times. So being conscientious of your body and mind really infiltrates your ability to stay aligned in your spiritual life and your soul walk. Um, so those are some practical ways uh, that I have done it. And I really encourage my clients to do it. And the freedom factors that come alongside that are just, it's really unbelievable. For instance, a fast that I'm doing right now and I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's only because I'm in the midst of it. Some people that are doing it alongside of me, one of them chose, I'm not going to do the binge watching of the nighttime TV. And instead, I'm going to exchange it for a positive reading experience connected to something biblical teaching, whether it's a self-help book or a devotional or whatever that be. Just it, She simply is not in the place where like the Bible is She's just going to open it empty handed. She doesn't, she's right. new yeah. in her faith. So giving her a resource for her to be able to do that and her taking her mind away from something that you feel is relaxing, maybe, but if you go into this space where God is now depositing versus something is actually depleting you, that's where energy propels from. That's how you can fill your spirit tank, your mind tank, your, your body tank all at one time, because that rest becomes 
covenant with the Lord because you're giving it back to him again, back to what we talked about in the beginning in submission. Yeah, that is really, really good advice. I am very sensitive to all the things that you mentioned, you know, the Mm. media that I take in. And so, yeah, yeah, it's what we put in is what's going to come out for sure. That's really, really good advice. Um, so we've, we've kind of talked about purpose and calling a little bit, and I think that those can seem like daunting words to understand, honestly, a little (laughs) bit of Christianese and, um, and not only just to understand them, but to live them out. So what is your definition of each of those and how do we make these concepts not seem so daunting? I think that's really good. And I do feel like there's now become like taglines and words that people are throwing around everywhere. And um, even people in the secular mindset. And I don't think that anybody, what's, how do I say this, understands true calling until they understand the call of, of Jesus Christ on who we are today. Uh, people can live in purpose and, and their life can have a lot of purpose. But I feel like calling really comes from the knowing of our father and in that discipleship making and realizing that we do have a, a purpose here on earth, a planned identity to be able to make that ripple effect. And so operating in your calling is actually saying yes to the thing that God is, is intuitively put inside of you. And, and that is operating in your gifts. And so operating in calling or outside of your calling is when you're doing something that feels every single time you do it hard. Every single time you do it, you feel depleted. Every single time you show up, you don't want to be there. That is operating out of purpose and out of calling because God intends for you to live in a place of of goodness and all of the fruits of the spirit, joy and peace. And when I am operating in my calling now versus trying to operate and propel in what I was doing five years ago as, you know, a dual CEO, again, back in that American dream mindset, nothing could fulfill me, nothing. And now I feel like everything that I do, even conversations like this, like I could just stand up and do a a marathon right now. Like I feel so energetic and I feel so on fire for the Lord. Nothing a coffee could do. Like this is not energy that's being stemmed from something false. It's being stemmed from activation and, and literally feeling like the God within me is, is pulling me into this conversation right now. Mm. Oh, and it's so evident, Tamara. Um, you know, I think understanding our why is really important. So I'd love to hear what your why is and how you uncovered it and how we can too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, goodness, that's a big, I feel like my why is truly coming into the knowing of this, that mind, body, and soul connection into that place of calling And it had to happen in my face down, full submission time. And so without the storyline of our lives, without the pitfall, without uh, what you might want to call the failure point, right? But again, back to fail forward, like nothing is a failure, um, is without those pieces of my life, the hardships, I would not be able to stand here today in the freedom of knowing why I'm here. Because 
I hate that hindsight is 2020. And I've said this, I I prayed over this so much, like God, give me the foresight to activate before I have to look back and say, man, I wish I did that. Or that was because of this. Like, I want to be in a moment and realize this is happening for this reason. And I, I think that's like such an intuition factor um, that I, I still am learning to lean into. But knowing your why, knowing what propels you. And, and for me, that little girl who, who turned away from what I know is the most valuable relationship uh, of her mother and her father in that moment as well, a home, a rooted home, like standing on marriage, standing on things that the American dream has now fallen to the wayside over, standing on the fact that abundance and wealth is more than money. Wealth is is about joy and all of those fruits. Go to Galatians, I think it's 22 to 25, and you can unpack the seven fruits of the spirit, like activate within those, Mm -hmm. realize that those are your why. And when you can get to that place of realizing like, I want peace and love and kindness and goodness, you get to activate in a freedom that money could never buy. Mm, yeah, amen. Well, so tell us about, so you are, and it's evident because you're, you're so, <laughs> such a good speaker, but you are also a podcast host and you host the Fit and Faith podcast, which I'm honored to be um, a guest yes. of yours soon. So tell us about this movement and what listeners should expect to hear when they tune in. I love this. Thank you so much for this time on your show to unpack my show. Y'all don't realize that this is a gift because people don't often do it. So thank you so much. And I am really excited to have you on. Um, We'll definitely duly share. Um, But it is really about everything that we're talking about right here. It's, It's understanding your mind, body, and soul alignment. And it's bringing on other entrepreneurs, other activators, other purpose driven uh, men and women who are just willing to go deep into the places of vulnerability and authenticity and say, you know, I had to go through this hard thing to get where I am now and unpack what their now why is. And it's a show that like, I never really know what's going to happen. And and we were talking about this before we came on here because I don't, I don't script it. I don't ask pre-questions. I don't sometimes even know the person that's about to come on other than the fact that we've been connected through some social media or out in the world. And I do that with intention because I feel like these are vessels and opportunities for God to speak. And I have to trust and I have to faith and have faith. And, and again, I told you I have that problem with control. This is probably the most controlless <laughs> that I show up on a given basis. I just know I have to be there and and allow other people to have the voice and, and kind of steward that alongside them and hopefully, you know, be a gift in that moment of quality time with them to just say, like, I hear you, I see you, you're not alone in this. And um, that it's a, it's a tribe that's being cultivated of kingdom activators. And it's uh, so amazing to hear and watch happen and unfold right before my eyes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, so your ultimate call is to remind women of their roots and give them wings to fly. And so I love what an encourager and cheerleader you are for other women. So I'd love to hear who has modeled this well for you in your own life. And how do you think we can best do this for one another? Goodness, that's a good one. Um, I would have to say that my 
like soul sister who is also my designer and, and curator and, and in this journey with me right now. Um, I didn't even meet her until about three and a half years ago. And while I could always lean back on my mom being this incredible woman, um, her rooting is actually taking place now. Um, versus my girlfriend now who I'm speaking about Morgan, she has been rooted in her faith for a very long time and realizing that when you're rooted, there is still a lot of toiling and a lot of harvesting that has to happen and pruning even still. And so I'm just grateful to be in unison and in connection with her to be able to realize that it's a journey. It's an always becoming journey and no one not me, not anyone even ahead of me. Shoot, I like admire Lisa Turkers and, and through and through and watching her walk through some of the hardest seasons that she has in the last few years and seeing her still rise above and fly. It's realizing that we are all in this together. And while there might be like ahead of the flock, right? Like the flying V, like there's somebody in front, like they still have to go to the back of the line sometime and catch drag from the other people in order to continue their flight pattern. And so giving yourself grace in that and realizing that nobody has it all figured out, only Jesus and God himself can do that. And just trusting that he has us in the midst of all of that. Yeah. Well, since we are both mothers, so I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm just thinking about our children yes. and, and, and dreams. And so, so how do we as mothers best support the dreams God has placed uh, on their hearts, on our children's hearts? You know, I think first and foremost, especially when mine were so little, it was understanding that that role of submission in our dreams and realizing the difference between cultivating it in our own might versus resting in his like vision in our dreams and and not looking externally for how we can build something but looking internally with what again those gifts that he's given us what can we do that's connected to the source of who we are and whose we are um and for me right now it's it's really being an example to them because it is so hard y'all i have mom guilt all the time when I leave and I call her my little koala Klingon because my youngest just never wants to be without me. And I love it. She's five, she's in kindergarten, and we're just now learning how to separate in the morning. But it's realizing that without me sharing with them and actually talking to me about what happens when I go to quote unquote work, we always say that we're creating that we are not working. Like mommy and daddy are going to create or mommy and daddy are going to help people. Because when I think of work, I think of it being draining. I think of like yard work and weeding, honestly, <laughs> and how like it's not fun, though people love it and that's in their own gifts. Come to my house, I'll hire you. Um, <laughs> but realizing that the things that are work and things that like, what are you gonna do for your job? Like you have the beautiful opportunity to have a job where you get to simply be, you get to operate within the gifts within you and, and, and give that example back to your children to say, mommy actually loves what I do when I'm not with you. I love what I do when I'm with you, but I also love what I do where I'm going. Instead of saying, mommy has to work. I don't have to, I get to. And it is the most compelling thing that I can do as a mother for my children to give them that realization that they don't have to do things that are in 
again, back to the American dream. And I say this with a lot more grit right now than I ever have after us experiencing the turmoil that we are in our nation right now and knowing in this, all this chaos that there is, is abundant peace. And I still get to operate in that space, as do my children, even when the world is circling, even when there's a whirlwind, a fire, any of those things, we can lean on that. And we need to teach our children how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I know after this conversation that Tamara, women are going to want to stay connected with you. So how's the best way that they can do that? I so look forward to meeting everyone. Uh, You can do so on Instagram. I'm on a fast. I have what, like eight more days. So tune in (laughs) in eight more days. We'll connect. I'm mostly in my DMs there, but I'm also on Facebook and I have a website at www.tamaraandress.com. And you can join into our exclusive community, which is actually off of all social media platforms with intention. Um, And it's an app on your phone. So if you want to dive in there, I will definitely provide the resource link to you. And um, I would love to to hang out with you and get to know you more and kind of see where your dreams lie and and what God has planted in you to to create your own ripple effect. Well, I love that. And I will include all those links in the show notes. But Tamara, thank you so much for being my guest today and for freeing and propelling us to make our own uniquely purposed kingdom impact. God bless you, friend. You too, friend. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Tamara Andress. I hope that you were able to clarify your God-given dream and also to learn to combat those excuses and the fear that is holding you back. If you're interested in show notes from today's episode, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. And you can also go to rachelkadams.com to subscribe to receive my weekly love offering newsletter. Also, if you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering Podcast, I would so appreciate if you would do that on your favorite listening platform so that other women can discover this Love Offering message. Next week, my guest is Wendy Pope. Join us as we talk about our hidden potential and revealing what God can do through you. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.